from St. Louis Public Radio. This is St. Louis on the Air. You know, we are able to track that because there's taxation on alcohol. Asking them to estimate how many days they miss due to basically not wanting to come into work. So there's absenteeism, which is when you're not, you're not making it to work at all. And then presenteeism is where you make it to work, but maybe you're not functioning to the highest capacity that you would have otherwise. Someone with severe alcohol use disorder is missing 32 days um, a year. That's a lot of days. That is a lot of days. People who don't have any alcohol use disorder are missing around 12 to 13 days per year. I'm Sarah Fenske. If you called off work for a St. Patrick's Day hangover last week, you're not alone. A new study from Washington University linked alcohol use disorder to 232 million missed workdays every year. And the pandemic, unsurprisingly, may have only made things worse. Dr. Laura Byroot is a psychology professor, psychiatry professor at Washington University and senior investigator on this study. And she joins us today. Dr. Byroot, welcome. Thank you. And we're also joined today by Dr. Ian Parsley. He's a psychiatry resident at Washington University and lead researcher in the study. Dr. Parsley, welcome. Thank you. So, Dr. Parsley, we've all known people who call in sick after drinking too much. What made you realize, you know what, this should be a research focus here? Yeah, so I think um, all of us who, who work with patients and I think probably most listeners who have family members that struggle with alcohol problems already know kind of intuitively that that there is uh, complications uh, in many aspects of life, you know, personal relationships, uh, medical issues. And I think we all anecdotally know that it also it correlates to the workplace, mm-hmm. um, both in being impaired at work and then also missing work. So I think we all kind of know that. And there's, da- there's a lot of research out there already. Um, kind of suggesting that that relationship exists. Um, but one thing that, and, and what drew us to, to do this study is that there really wasn't great, particularly recently, data speaking to how big of a problem is this on a national level. And so, so that's what we were really trying to focus on. So Dr. Beirut, how do you even go about quantifying something like this that's so individual, we might even be lying to our work when we call in sick? How do you get accurate data on something like this? Well. Um, luckily, we have large national surveys that are available to the scientific community. So these uh, surveys have been done every year. We're able to uh, follow them. And with that, we could see what happens from 2015 to 2019. We pulled all this data together, and over 100,000 people were involved in this survey. So with that, we think we really do kind of you know, converge on what we think is accurate data. And so this is people sort of self-reporting their own alcohol-influenced behavior. Yes. Okay. So how do you go about, like, what specifically is being asked, um, Dr. Parsley, where you end up determining, hey, here's how many days we're looking at, and this Mm -hmm. is across the U.S.? 
Yeah. So for those uh, respondents who are endorsed being full-time employed, there are additional questions about their employment status that were asked. Um, specifically, the way that we tracked a term called absenteeism, which is what we were looking at in this study, which is defined as not being at work when you're otherwise expected to. Um, there's a couple questions that address that. One was asking people to estimate how many days in the last 30 days did you miss due to illness or injury. And then another question was asking them to estimate how many days they missed due to basically not wanting to come into work. And so how do you sort out then people who have, um, you know, a, a chronic illness, a, a certain disease versus people who they have an alcohol use disorder? So as far as uh, being able to pull apart who has an alcohol use disorder, um, you know, so the, the survey that we used is the National Survey on Drug Use and Health, which asks, asks a ton of questions about people's alcohol use. So history. you know a whole bunch about how much these people are drinking. Yeah. And, and effectively, uh, it, it asks all the criteria for what we use clinically, the DSM criteria for an alcohol use disorder. So really, we are able to kind of tabulate those up to get a sense of what the severity is for their, their use disorder. So Dr. Byroot, for somebody who has a severe alcohol use disorder, what's the contrast between them and somebody who maybe is just more tangentially affected by this when it comes to days off? Mm -hmm. So we saw a stepwise increase in the number of days off. So someone with severe alcohol use disorder is missing 32 days um, a year. That's a lot of days. That is a lot of days. And um, we see it, uh, people who don't have any alcohol use disorder are missing around 12 to 13 days per year because of illness and injury. So you're able to then kind of see how this steps up uh, from each category of mild alcohol use disorder to moderate and then severe. Wow. So 32 days seems like a lot. Um, Dr. Parsley, these are people who continue to maintain full-time employment, at least when the survey is taken. Right, exactly, at least per that their endorsement. What do we know about who's most likely to have this kind of severe disorder? Um, as far as the, the individual patients themselves? Yeah, I guess in terms of demographics. Yeah. yeah. So I, I think kind of speaking to that, one thing that overall was surprising about our, our study is we actually saw that the prevalence of having an alcohol use disorder was higher among people who work full time as opposed to the general population, um, which was initially um, surprising. But I think the more we kind of thought about it, the more it kind of made sense in that uh, alcohol use disorders are much more common among younger people, mm -hmm. uh, and it, they are much more common among men, both of which um, the people who endorsed having full-time employment uh, skewed towards those directions. So um, so those are a couple factors that I think do did kind of predispose people to having a it's, use disorder. It's interesting. So this stereotype of, you know, the lazy alcoholic, the person who can't get out of bed, these are people who are, are holding it together. They've got these full-time jobs, and yet there's a very real cost when we're looking at that many days off work. Right. Um, is that something that your study looked at as well? Uh, as far as how many, sorry, what was the question? I guess just sort of the toll that this takes. Uh-huh. Yeah, I think outside of, um, outside of the actual days missed, uh, we didn't look at that specifically. Um, there is another concept as far as work impairment goes, which is something called presenteeism. Mm -hmm. So there's absenteeism, which is when you're not, you're not making it to work at all. And then presenteeism is where you make it to work, but maybe you're not functioning to the highest capacity that you would have otherwise. And there's a lot of there's a lot of evidence <laughs> there's a lot of evidence that that also is present for people with alcohol use disorder. But that was something that we did not look at in this study. Interesting. So, Dr. 
my root. Um, the idea is that this may have become an even bigger problem during the pandemic. What, what leads you to think that? Well, we have several different bits of evidence now. One is we know that alcohol sales have increased during the pandemic. You know, we are able to track that because there's taxation on alcohol. And so we're able to, you know, really monitor how much alcohol is sold in the United that States. That is a scientific fact that, that is, it's people bought more. <laughs> yes. So alcohol, more alcohol was purchased during the pandemic. And um, just in the past few days, another study came out which showed that there was a 25% increase in alcohol-related deaths in the United States. Wow. Um, you know, uh, from pre-pandemic to, you know, the pandemic year. So, you know, we're, we're seeing this convergence of, you know, alcohol use has increased, alcohol-related deaths have increased. And the alcohol-related deaths are not necessarily, you know, um, because of cirrhosis of the liver, but it could be car accidents, other accidents, you know, other types of issues associated with alcohol. So this problem we think is only getting bigger. It's a big problem. I imagine, though, in the pandemic, you know, a lot of people were able to work from home from their couches. I wonder if we might see more of that presenteeism versus the absenteeism if you continued to, to build this data out for the last couple of years. Is is that something that you might at some point look at? Yeah, absolutely. And so um, we actually, you know, could have if we wanted to included because this, this survey has data already for at least 2020. And we could have included that, but we actually intentionally didn't just because kind of like you hinted at, there's a lot of other factors that changed with the pandemic. And one of the biggest being that suddenly people are working from home. And obviously that's going to change that relationship with people missing work. So, but in the future, that that absolutely, I think would be a great thing to look at and how that changed things. So there's a lot of grounds here for future study. At the same time, we know we have such a big problem here. And now you're kind of putting it in the context of the workplace. Dr. Byrut, are you hoping that something will come out of sharing these numbers? And if so, how? Well, we are hoping that employers also recognize that this is a problem for their workplace. So, you know, the good thing about work is that it offers structure. And with, with the pandemic that we've had, we've really lost so much so much structure. We've lost kind of the guardrails of, you know, getting up in the morning, having the structure, getting into work, getting dressed. Um, and so what we're, you know, we're now in a very tight workforce also. And so what we hope is that, you know, the employee assistant programs that are out there, um, you know, are geared up and so that we're ready for the employees that are having this alcohol use problems. So you feel like this is something employers should take seriously. This, this is not just, oh, you look like you had a rough night. They want to have a more serious conversation. Yes. And, you know, it's it's good for everyone. So, you know, the problems with alcohol use disorder not only affect the employee, but they're affecting the employer. And so many people get their health insurance through their employer. So, again, we're hoping that this is a virtuous circle that will occur, that, um, you know, the employer will care and you know, this will help employees who have alcohol use disorder. So, Dr. Parsley, for people who have heard us talking about this today, what do you hope they take from this study and everything that you've learned? Yeah, so I, I think... Obviously, the biggest takeaway here is just the extent to which alcohol, um, I think it's so common. You know, one of the big things about alcohol use is it's so common in our society. And um, in that way, it's it's very normalized in a lot of ways. Um, and I think a big takeaway here is if if you are someone who's struggling with, with alcohol use, 
um, that this is just another reason that I think it would be important to, to kind of be seeking out treatment. Well, Dr. Ian Parsley, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. Dr. Parsley is a psychiatry resident at Washington University, lead researcher in this study. It's uh, published in the JAMA Network Open. You can find that link at stlonair.show. And Dr. Laura Byrut, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you very much. And Dr. Byrut is a psychiatry professor and senior investigator of the study and director of Washington University Health and Behavior Research Center. This is St. Louis on the Air on St. Louis Public Radio. This episode was produced by Kayla Drake with audio engineering and podcast design by Aaron Dorr. Our executive producer is Alex Hoyer. St. Louis on the Air is a production of St. Louis Public Radio. Understanding starts here. Do you find yourself regularly listening to episodes of St. Louis on the Air? Suggest us to a friend you think might enjoy our conversations. And leave us a review and rating on Apple Podcasts on the App Store. It's the simplest way to help people discover our show. Thanks. St. Louis Public Radio is a member-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis. Support comes from Missouri Forest Products Association, committed to sustainable and sound conservation of the state's forests, which support more than 41,000 Missouri jobs, resulting in a $10 billion industry. Choosewood.com.